So, hello and welcome to the Retro Rides podcast. So, there are two of us here. I'm Chaz, and we've got Tommy over here. Hello, how you doing? So, yeah, basically the podcast is about anything retro, carby-wise and whatever, and I'm sure we'll find many more things to talk about regarding the retro spectrum. But first of all, we thought we'd better introduce ourselves. But this time around, it's going to be Tom in the hot seat, where I'll be asking him a series of questions. Next week, the weeks will be re- the roles will be reversed. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I can get my own back. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> You're assuming I'm going to be harsh on you. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what caliber of questions I'm going to get hit with. Now, I suppose the question that everyone asks uh, everyone where did your love affair begin with re- with retros? Well, I think with most folk, what happens is you, uh, you, you kind of get into retros because of necessity more than, than love. So for me, I was. A, a young man and you'd watch cars on uh, 70s cop programs and everything else and that burning need to get in the driving seat from the age of like six doesn't really evolve with your age so you're always wanting to have the Trans Am that Michael Knight drove or the Dukes of Hazard Dodge Charger and that, that, that embeds more than the need to drive does so by the time you hit 18 it's like right where's all these cars from the 70s and 80s uh, and as a result, as what would happen as well, that's the only things you can really afford as well when you're 18 and you pass your test. So it just sort of sticks with you from then on. So that's that was how it kind of kicked off for me. No, that's fair actually. Yeah, it, I think we forget we do get into retros because of necessity. Because up until now, retro cars tend to be a lot cheaper than the equivalent modern. I think yeah. maybe you know the modern's kind of getting you know pricier hasn't helped retro prices, but I think also retros have kind of come up to that level because they're seen as cool and I think the coolness has kind of improved of retros as a whole. Well that's that's an interesting point. Uh, for me I always see retros as that sliding scale of just before classic uh, and as a result retros always just seem to be verging on that expensive classic point but not quite so you just get that entry level to having a classic while it's still an affordable thing. I was going to say, that's definitely a question for another day, that is, about uh, when when do retros uh, <laughs> well, escape that, that kind of uh, that bracket. <laughs> yeah, definitely a question for the day, otherwise one. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a question that might not ever get answered as well, but we'll again leave that for another day too. <laughs> no, happy days. No, that's a, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, the other thing is, yeah, when did he join Retro Rides? I mean, that's a question as well. I mean, I, I've been. I feel like I've been on retro rides for a lifetime, uh, so I'm overdrive on it, and I think it must have been the the early 2010 bracket, possibly. So that's going to be what 15 years. Well, no, what year is it now? 13 years. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. No, I was going to say we forget how old the forum is. I think it's now yeah over 20 years old now, isn't it? Which is which is scary or, or approaching. 20 years old which is yeah which is yeah, to be honest with you i know how many how many forums do you know that is active as retro rides under 20 not many well? don't know about passion forward that's probably going to be that's probably going to be a close one i think even passion forward has died of death i suppose the other question i've got which i know lots of people love to answer is uh how many cars have you had oh jesus yeah that's uh so i i would say maybe 
seven or eight years. Rough numbers are fine. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Well, I I can explain myself here. This is going to be shocking. About seven or eight years ago from today, uh, I was in the pub with some friends having a booze up, as most folk tend to do. And somebody who knew that I have had many cars asked that same question. So we sat for hours counting up and the tally seven or eight years ago was about genuine 120 or so. Uh, and that's with my name on the V5 I have owned. So I would say ah, we're well past the 150, possibly even close to 200 cars by now. So far too many would be my answer. <laughs> hey, there's never there, there's no such thing as too many. You know, variety's the spice of life, right? <laughs> that's it, exactly. Yeah, what was the, what was the best one that you had? What's the one that you wish oh, you could have kept? Wow. <laughs> The one that I wish I could have kept. So, a bit of background, probably, to those who don't know me. I uh, I do a YouTube channel, Tools and Track, and one of the project cars that we've got going on now is my Mark III Supra. Uh, and the whole reason behind the ethos with this is uh, I'm 40, it's time for the midlife crisis. I have now went back to restore the one that got away, which was a twin-turbo 1JZ Mark III Supra. Um, I tried, I actually tried to get it back, but the, the problem I had is when I get rid of a car that I had a proper relationship with, I never want to see it again. And the one that I really wish I hadn't let get away was the one that I properly got rid of because it went to Norway. Oh, no. So completely left the DVLA database, completely left even the, the, the EU, because I don't think Norway was in it at the time, or as now. But yeah, that's that was completely... It probably got bent around the fence at Gatebill for all I know. But that was the one that got away, and as a result, is the one that I'm restoring to get back in some form. Nice, nice. But you got some cool cars as it is, you know. The, the Trevor, I think you still got, haven't you? No, so the, tre- the, the TDR, the Chimera, that was... That was a car I tried to convince myself I'd always wanted, because who you know you're a you're an older br- British gentleman. That's the quintessential car that every 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 British man should own. So I was like, right, okay, let's do it. Let's get the big grunty V8, and then we did that and found found myself whelmed because it was only four liter. So we strapped the turbo to the front of it, and then lockdown happened. So we took the body off and restored it, and I nut and bolted this thing back to some level of like just immaculate, uh, and then found myself bored again. So I was like, right, let's go and find the car we got that we let get away. So yeah, it's gone. I'm afraid I sold it. Yeah. Nostalgia is a funny thing. That, that's that's a discussion for another day, definitely. Nostalgia is. Uh, yeah. I suppose the other thing is, so we've gone through the one that got away, the best car you ever had. What's the worst? Oh, right. Okay. So again, I could probably uh, annoy quite a lot of people here, but you find that one you've owned as many cars as I've had. There's countries that manufacture cars, in your opinion, careful, better than careful. others. So the worst <laughs> car, oh, I need to, in my own opinion, I'll stipulate, <laughs> but the worst one was the first one. And that was probably just because of not buying a good version of it. But uh, my first car was a Citroen BX. Um, so I thought it was quite cool looking. It was retro in 2000. It had hydraulic suspension, lots of angles, but it was fundamentally an absolute 
dog. Uh, when you fired it up, the front went up, and a few minutes later the rear decided to fall sometimes. It would overheat constantly, the, everything fell off, and I had no budget at all to deal with any of that because it was my first car. But I got, you know, even at that, I've got to give it some credit. It didn't die. I gave up and scrapped it before it actually properly let me down. So there's maybe something to say that it wasn't the worst car ever, but for me it wow, was the worst. Wow, okay. No, I should have kno known it'd be something yeah. French. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have fun on this one wheel later on. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> Speak speaking of fun though, I mean you're a YouTuber, so you get to have fun on that side of things. Um, who else do you follow online? Oh well, I mean I, I've I've got a real problem with YouTube, and I follow people and I compare myself to them with what I do. So I, I like to get really lost in in people that have good levels of either technical detail or production detail. So if the two that I really like the most, one for the level of production is Soup Classic Motoring. I don't suppose you've heard of that at all. Oh, he's very good, he is. I quite like how he um, how he just... It takes him forever yeah. to film, though, because he's once broken down his episode. Because he does... It's a term for what he does. Basically, he takes lots of snapshots of him doing something. Steps away, takes a shot. Steps away, takes a shot. And it kind of rolls it into like a video roll, right. kind of showing how the cars progress just like that. Yeah. He does. Uh, it's like stop motion almost. Uh, so he'll, you'll see this this panel That's, that he's yeah. doing, for example. And it, it just glows without any sign of his hands doing it. And it animates this this product that becomes the finish. And the fact that he's George has got just this wonderfully relaxed Irish lilt that, you know, you, you actually want him to read your story to go to bed to rather than watch a YouTube channel. He's, he's great, really great production value. So that would be my one. Um, and the other one... Um, which is the other side of the spectrum, is Alex Cross. He's actually on Retroroids, believe it or not. And he started out with just doing an R32 GTR Skyline uh, rebuild. I think it was actually, he must have took it to the Nürburgring and blew the engine up or, or something to that. You've mentioned this on Retroroids' car as well, haven't you, I think? Possibly, yeah. Um, but Alex is one of these people that gets an idea, and for lack of a better way of putting it, everyone knows Project Binky. But he just he, he project binkies it. So the latest one, he, he's he wants to turn his GTR into the the LM GTR, a replica of the LM, and replica really does it at this service because it's picture referenced. He's got no instructions, but it is to the engineering tolerance perfect replica. So the latest one he's doing is he's doing the uprights, the front uprights, which are completely different, I didn't even know. Uh, and they're all made out of tube steel. Uh, but the level of detail is he's got himself a 3D printer to print out the negatives of a jig to hold these tubes in place so that he can perfectly weld them and then take the 3D printed jig off. I'm like, oh God, I love it. But wow, that's a level of detail I don't think I could ever tolerate it's it's the, <laughs> it's, the it's the patience isn't it i mean I, I think a lot of people can do it yeah. but it's having that that level of patience to go crap you know i uh i got it you know a bit on the piss and then go i'll start over again or i'll try and i'll try four times to bend it you know right when i could have done it the first time it's it is quite testing yeah. and that's it and a lot of people forget you've also got that added element of 
I'm having to try and film all of this and make this interesting and talk through it whilst always also doing that level of detail. It's it's just a massive amount of discipline to do it, and I've just got oodles of respect for both of those guys for what they do. It's, it's and it's great to watch. It really is enthralling. Yeah, I've heard a little bit about Alex Cross. I'd love to check him out a bit more. But but soup, I um, yeah, I was actually um, referred to him by yeah an Irish friend myself. Mm-hmm. So uh, and yeah, it is quite it is quite soothing listening to him. I do know some people do like you know, <laughs> listen listen to him as I watch him as I go to sleep. Clearly, watching you yeah. know the car being transformed is therapeutic. That's it. Was it is ASMR is the latest buzzword for it? But absolutely, yeah, it's so relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think the one guy who other guys like that. This will be more for the Mercedes people. Um, the Mercedes people who will know of him is someone called Mercedes Sauce, um, who's okay. on YouTube. And yeah, he's quite soothing. Yes, uh, but yeah, like. Uh, every, however, the only thing with him is everything that he can fix, you have to buy one of his tools. Uh, ah, however, there's the rub. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, uh, some some of them you can figure out easily enough. But yeah, quite a few of them, he's made setups which other people have been making for years. But of course, he's looked into that detail, and he. I suppose yeah. there was a value to getting things ready so that you could just buy it. I suppose to trying something off a off a, a, a DIY page and going. Shit, it's leaking there. But yeah, never mind. But yeah, another, another another discussion. There's always a lot to be said for buying the right tool for the job though, so I can absolutely see his point. Yeah, speaking of which, what's the what's the one tool you can't do without? Ah, oh, yeah. So I I've I've got a great um a great case study for this because almost all of my tools will inevitably break at some point because panic mechanic uh, or potentially buying the cheap version of it that I shouldn't own. We've never done that. uh, My welder, honestly. We've never done that. (laughs) No, absolutely. But uh, if you're trying out things from scratch, you've always got to buy the budget version to see if it's for you. Uh, And I think what I've done over the past sort of five years or so, I'm still on a budget welder. uh, And it's just that one tool that I cannot do without. Just about everything that I will touch uh, on a car, uh, it can just be tweaked or improved, or there's a way around it if I just make this thing. And it's it's got to be done with a welder. And I'm, I've just rinsed this poor little MIG weld to its, its limit. So I can't live without it. And I'm at the stage now where I think I'm actually going to have to upgrade the poor fella as well. What is it? So that's my vote. Without what, what's a welder? Which one is it? What model? It's, it's, it's a, a, honestly a MIGMATE 105 and I've built an entire low cost from scratch with the poor oh, guy. <laughs> I, I've, this is quite uncanny. I also have a SIP MIGMATE 105. Oh, amazing. Yeah, they're, they're really hardy little guys, but uh, they do they do take punishment to a point. Oh, mine's had a, mine's had a new liner because I found out the factory liner was crap. It's now, it's now sporting a, thanks to Grunty on the forum actually, um, this was many, many years ago. Grunty's Restorations down in uh, Gloucester. He came up and welded up my MGB before I could weld. You know, as half as good as him. Okay. And yeah, he got got my welder, put a new liner into it, uh, threw away the crappy wire that I had, which were the Halfords. You know, the the little real, you know, the little. Oh, they're, they're terrible. They're oxid. They're oxid. Yeah, but the wire's got a, got a lovely sheath of oxidation on it before you even chuck it into the welder. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so no, he made me get a, a nice big reel from Rock Welding, which is a welding store up the road from me. Um, and yeah, that weld has been as good as gold ever since. Oh, and he made me get some, some proper gas, not the crappy little uh, white sip bottles of uh, of disappointment. If there's if there's one thing I can say to anyone who maybe starting out their welding journey, don't go gasless. Don't 
just get the right gas and it makes everything it, a lot easier. I was actually surprised. I mean, I use I'm a bit of a mostly argon guy now because it's surprising just how much it tidies up weld up and the and the penetration. Yeah. Oh, well. yeah, I think actually I'm on I'm on a 15, so I'm, I actually use the Hobbywell stuff because I, I like to kid myself that I still don't use it enough to actually justify a great big bottle, but the 15% Argon, just really good, yeah. really good weld results. That's that. some good tips there. That almost takes away my next question that does, but no, no, it doesn't. I was going to say, what advice would we, what advice would you give to others who want to get into the retro games and, in other words, you know, someone who's never had a retro before, they're going, I quite fancy a slice of the retro life. You could, you could answer a, a million different ways for a million different people, but uh, buy to your strengths is, is what I would say. So for myself, uh, I've just done five years or so of, of solid welding. So for I would maybe look at a retro and go, I don't really want, I don't really think a bit of rust is going to phase me. But if somebody can do servicing and, and basic, let's call it the Haynes two spanner level of uh, competence, you might not want to go look at an old 1970s Datsun as a first a first foray. Maybe stick to the sort of early 2000s where the rust might not be quite as critical a thing. So yeah, buying a retro to your strengths and ask advice. I mean, anyone who puts up a, a request on, on retro is going, guys, what do you think of this? This is what I can do. Is looking at one of these cars a wise move? Always ask for advice and make sure you're going into something with your eyes open. Because blind, ruling with your heart purchases will kill you. <laughs> We've never done that with cars before. I, ne- I never have. <laughs> I don't think I've done anything but. <laughs> no. You, you definitely got my sarcasm there, yeah. No, uh, yeah, if I was, sens- if I was sensible, <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't have two three cars that I have now. <laughs> that's that's the Retro Rise way, right? That's it. Yeah. There's no other way. <laughs> yeah. Speak- speaking of unsensible things, what Retro do you want to get into next? Well, oh, do you know, it's, I actually don't really know. I, I, I do this, I do the daily thing where we, we go for our daily uh, toilet break and browse the forum where we're having a five-minute timeout. Um, and... I so I'm selling I, for those who don't know I, I have at the moment a four car rule uh, and I have five so uh, the Impress is up for sale and I'm also selling my is that going to become a five car rule I, I could but I'll <laughs> probably get kicked out of the unit I currently uh, let those spaces in so no I really must stick to a rigid four um, so the Impress needs to go and I think the daily needs to go because it's just that time so I'm probably going to have to summarise both of those into a, a retro daily perhaps so i don't know I don't what's the what's the daily that you're selling the, the daily is a focus st uh, which isn't i mean it's, it's future retro we'll call that it's the mark ii with the volvo engine which nice, uh, nice. i i struggle with anything that's a four cylinder now the the subaru being the obvious exception because it's a boxer you, you can give it a pass um, but yeah, I thought I'll give I'll give the five pot a go. Um, it's, it's a great engine, and I'll say this: yeah, it's a great engine. The problem is the rest of the cars are Ford, and it's not really. I'm not jailing with it. I'm not really a Ford guy, and I've given it the good roll of the dice, but nah. So I think I possibly need to go slightly more interesting, definitely more rear wheel drive, uh, and something just a bit a bit more sensible, whilst also not, if that makes sense. <laughs> No, that does make sense. That does make sense. Yeah, sometimes we just don't gel with the brands as we want. I mean, is there anything on the radar? I don't know. I th- I think I need to go. I need to go back to Japan. But the problem is um, that 
if you're going to look to the, as, as I call it, future retro, so we're talking 2000 to 2010, which is totally not the remit for this podcast, Japan really kind of gave up a bit because there wasn't any of those 90s era 200SX, Honda, the, the proper type R's, the old ones, all of those nutball cars just, just tapered off. Toyota completely gave up altogether. So, yeah. As, they changed, didn't they, I suppose? So so Honda went from having the Jordan Honda to having the EP3, which was a driver sensation, and also to the S2000, yeah. and also Nissan. Yeah, they gave, I think they had a bit of a high artist because the R34 wasn't being produced anymore, and the R35 came out... That, that came out quite a while after, didn't it? Out, out of the early noughties window, maybe even mid-noughties. I'll wait to be corrected on that date. I'm sure I'm sure somebody will inevitably uh, comment on this whenever it gets posted and, and flame it. But, yeah, it's it's a tough one to get. Um, so that's why I'm thinking, well, let's just go back to the 90s. There's lots of things, lots of retros from that area that are still quite reliable if you just put a bit of work into it. I'm going to, I'm going to say Germany had a lot to do with that, but <laughs> that's about as far as I've got. That's fair enough. So um, yeah, I was going to say you've had the you've had the uh, channel for a while now. You've done like um, you know you've done some good things on it. Have you been in automotive stuff before, like job wise or video wise? Uh, well, no. The the tools and track is definitely it was a new thing. Uh, I'd never done anything like that before. But I I'll, I'll be honest. I've I've cheated a bit by saying it's my my first foray. I've been doing automotive stuff pretty much since the age of eighteen. I'm an uh, I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. Oh wow! Uh, and when I was far too young to really have a try at it. I decided to open a garage uh, in my hometown where I grew up and it was a rip-roaring failure because an, a man in his early 20s working on a business himself with no real knowledge of how to do that is never going to end well. But the, the interesting point about that was I called it overdrive engineering, which is actually where my phone ah. came from, overdrive. So, yeah. But uh, a word of advice, if you're ever going to open up a, a garage and be a mechanic, know how to work with money as much as you know how to work with cars. <laughs> this is Retro Rides. We all know brilliantly how to work with money for other people. <laughs> ah, exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see like, you know, that, that wonderful car in the distance and uh, we'll be like, take our money and then go, can I have that place? Except you can't. <laughs> uh, exactly. Speaking speaking of uh, of joys and disappointments, what do you prefer, fixing or driving the cars? Oh well, you know, I mean that that depends on the car. So the the focus, for example, has been needing nothing but dirge, non interesting. I can't put a modified part on this to fix it, um, and that I, I actually got me down to the point where I was like, I don't even want to work in this car anymore. I'm going to just sell it. Um, I thought I like driving it, but. When I, for me, I'm, I'm very mechanically focused, and if I can't tinker with a car, it, it, it loses a lot of its appeal. So I, I might be a, possibly the only person in there that's straight 50-50. I love, I'm, I'm very blessed to live in Scotland, so being in Glasgow, Loch Lomond in the Highlands is on my doorstep. Oh, so sunny weekends, oh, it's great. I can just jump in the car and within an hour, I'm blasting through Glencoe on country roads at last seen in Skyfall. So I'm really spoiled and I do enjoy driving cars, but I also, I, I've been doing working cars for so long that I couldn't imagine not 
not doing that and just just having a brand new car that does all the things and I don't need to to mess with it. So honestly, I think I'm copping out and saying it's a complete 50-50 for me. No, that's fair. That's fair. And the, let's be honest, it can swing. It depends on the car you have. That's it. You know, and also sometimes you can just get a bit bored of having something that just works really nicely. Absolutely. But uh, what made you want to build a car from scratch? The Locust? That's a good question. Um, I was one of those people that went to Halfords in the very early 2000s and bought the Haynes book-sized build a car for £250 and race it. I know the one. Oh, that's not the one I thought you were going to say. No, that's even more impressive. I thought you were going to say the Max Power one for a second. <laughs> no, no, it's, it was the Ron Champion who, who published it, and it was uh, How to Build a Car for £250. Um, and then I read it, and I was like, God, that's so easy. I'm absolutely going to do that. Uh, and then being able to barely keep a car on the road as it was quickly makes you realise, I'm absolutely not doing that. But it, it's one of those ones that sticks with you, so... Um, I would say 10 years later, um, living in Aberdeen, I know how lefty Lucy and righty tight works. So I'm like, right, let's have a go at this again. And it was a monumental failure. Uh, completely overestimated the challenge and my ability. And it's, I guess it's just one of those ones that keeps getting away. So the good thing about doing YouTube is it gives you just massive accountability. You, you, you have told the world you're going to do something, so you really need to do it. Uh, so I was like, right, if I'm going to build a car from scratch, I'm going to tell everyone the pitfalls, I'm going to show everyone all the, the complete cock-ups I make of this, but I'm going to do it, because I've got to finish it. So that was that was the logic with it. Uh, and it's gone all right. I mean, obviously, it was a, a, about halfway through, and the momentum's still there. So, yeah. No, I suppose, going back to the failure point, that's actually a good point. You know, you've, you say, you know, you've, you've had the ups and downs of the locust, and, you know, you opened the garage and, that, you know, that was a, a failure. But on the other hand, it's given you a lot of learning, hasn't it, to go forward with and go... Yeah, every day is a school day, yeah. No, I, no, I'll definitely stand by that. Yeah, we've all got the shows shows coming up this year, including two retro rides and whatever's uh, abroad and whatnot. What shows are you planning to do this year? The retro rides weekend that I've always sort of written off um, because it's because of the distance thing, but... Um, it is far away for you. But yeah, I, I keep saying, like, England, anything that's like south of Preston for, for, a, for a Glaswegian is like, that's, that's quite far. So, I, but I did relook at it. I was like, no, I really need to go and do this one. And I had a look at where Goodwood actually is. And I'm like, it's, it's almost France. <laughs> it's, it is. So, it is. Yeah, it's a long way, isn't it? Yeah. So, to be fair, but, I was up your neck of the woods the other weekend. <laughs> you were? All right, what were you up for? Uh, I was up helping a friend collect a car. Nice. Uh, Morpeth. If only it was a little bit closer. <laughs> Morpeth, oh yeah, I know Morpeth. Yeah, from the Midlands, I could tell you something, that's a long way away. <laughs> the A1's not exactly the most uh, scintillating drive either. Uh, it's it's not when you're in a, uh, when you're in a Mark II Golf with, uh, with no carpets, no sound deadening, and uh, quite a loud exhaust. <laughs> Oh, and yet it probably you'll look back and that would be one of the more favourable adventures you've had in the car. Oh God, yeah, definitely. Well, it was fine for me. I had I had my nice modern-ish car with heated seats and uh, and cruise and a podcast. And yeah, he he had none of those. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so anyway, got just got slightly distracted there. I did. So yeah, retro rides you're debating doing because it's nowhere near as far as you think, but it's still a long way. How long is it for you? About five or six hours. Uh, you'll be looking at seven and a half to eight. 
I'll take it because back. Because of the N25, really. But at the, at the end of the day, it's a long weekend. I'll have time to recover. Uh, and I've been promised myself that for a long time. So that's going to be on the list. But um, I'm, pro- I'm really not that much of a show person. Um, and that's probably down to the fact that if I'm not working in cars, I prefer to drive them. So the whole tools and track thing, one half of that was supposed to be track. So... Um, I'm really keen to go and try more tracks down in England so one thing I'm going to do this year is uh, make a concerted effort to try and do Anglesey because it's the next closest track that I've not driven so Anglesey is going to be quite high on the list so I'm going to have to look at their motorsport calendar for the year and see what I can sneak myself into the big question is what car do I take but that's probably going to be a debate for another podcast. <laughs> oh, I think I think so. I think so. No, what other show, what other shows do you fancy doing besides RRW? I mean, that's that's a long that's a long old way for you. Yeah, well, the one that I really did enjoy, uh, which sadly isn't going on anymore, is was JAE or Japanese Auto Extravaganza. Um, that was that was the perfect mix of just a full a full show of interesting cars. A camp out, there was always a good atmosphere at it, there was always good people at it. Uh, but the problem is, I, I don't know actually the full story of what happened, and it's probably not a broadcastable one for here anyway, but it's, it's just done, that's it. Uh, they pulled the plug, the tea in the park, as we call it up here. So I've not really seen a show that's, that's ticked all those boxes that I felt like. Um, and a, a lot of my friends seem to be doing the, uh, the airbag... Polish Queen, you know, proper high 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 baller shows we'll call them, and that just doesn't really float my boat either. Uh, so I'm a bit of an oddball really with what I want from a show, so I've not found one yet. To be quite honest, Fair that's enough. that's a simple answer. Fair enough. Yeah. You're not you're not wrong about the airbags and you know the bags and wheels kind of crew. That do that um, does seem to be a thing. That's almost become an ageist mod, hasn't it? It's, you know, and I've nothing against it. I, I fully appreciate the what's going to and the money and the effort. Like, it's 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 got its place definitely within the modified world. And some of the things that you see at them are really impressive. The problem is, it's, it's just, it doesn't really tickle my fancy. I, I like something else, clearly. Um, and there's always a lot of that in your doorstep. Uh, because it's the big thing and it's very, very on scene at the moment, I, I wouldn't need to drive a long distance to catch a show for it, so <laughs> I just uh, I need something different. I think, Chaz. Nah, that's fair. I appreciate bag stuff and uh, you know big wheels, but yeah, I'm certainly probably more erring towards form over yeah form over function. Probably a bit like yourself there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We're gonna need some diversity at this, at this rate. We are. <laughs> oh no, Jesus! Couple of grumpy old men moaning about beer bags. This isn't going to take off at all. <laughs> oh. We'll have to wait. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Besides, we may have guests on. You never know. I'm sure they can convince us otherwise. No. <laughs> you never know. That's the end for me. Do you have, a, do you have any questions uh, that, that, you know, that you wanted to be asked or anything? Anything you want to talk about? I don't know. I feel like I should be asking if I got the job yet, but no. <laughs> uh, no I did. Honestly, it was so hard to do this format. It was so hard because, <laughs> you know. But no, this has been great. I mean, and just to reiterate to everyone, it, it's going to be us on the podcast this is a great opener just to show everyone what I'm all about. Next week we're actually going to turn this spotlight right round and, and we're going to we're going to give Chaz the same level of uh, grilling. So 
it's it's a way for you guys to get to know us, everyone that's listening. Um, and it's, it's honestly for me, this has been great. I feel like I've uh, had therapy, frankly. <laughs> Why do you think I decided to do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think I think that's us actually, uh, Jazz. Before we're wrapping up, but listen to everyone that's that's, that's tuned into this. I re- really appreciate popping along. And as we say, next week we'll uh, we'll be back and we're going to uh, flip the spotlight around. So be sure to uh, tune in again. Definitely. No, I can roll with that. I better better ready myself. So, uh, how do we sign this thing off? Well, thanks a lot for listening. Hope you've enjoyed the first intro. Over and out.